Welcome to Metal Injection Squared Circle Pit. Today's guest, Malachi Black. And now, here's your host, Rob Plasfani. Wrestling fans are back in arenas, and so is Squared Circle Pit. I'm back. It's Rob. I have a great guest today, somebody I wanted to talk to for a really long time. His name, of course, is Tommy End. He's now going by Malachi Black. Made a huge debut in AEW last Wednesday. And it's so funny. I reached out to him after he was released. I was like, hey, man, I'd love to interview you. I've been trying to get you on Metal Injection Squared Circle Pit for a really long time. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, just give me a time. And I was like, oh, how about uh, next Tuesday or Wednesday? And he says, uh, I'm actually busy those days. How about on Friday? It turns out what he was busy doing on Wednesday was debuting on Dynamite. <laughs> uh, so that was a very, very cool surprise. I was able to interview him the Friday after, so about a week ago. We talked about the debut we talked about what he's looking forward to, and we talked a lot about uh, his past and, of course, his music fandom, bands he's listening to, and surprisingly, some people backstage in WWE that uh, he would talk to about music. And there's, there's definitely at least one surprising name in there, at least for me. The entire interview is really, really interesting, so I'm not going to take up too much time at the top of the show. Uh, and after, I'll give you some predictions about Money in the Bank this weekend some thoughts on AEW, and uh, just some other general musings. If this is your first time listening to Squared Circle Pit, please check out the archives. There's so many cool interviews with wrestlers and musicians that I've done in the past. Uh, recently, I've interviewed guys like Triple H, Edge, Seth Rollins. In the past, I've interviewed Darby Allen, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, uh, Slipknot's Corey Taylor. Talked to him a lot about his wrestling fandom. Talked to Maynard from Tool. Just go to metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit for all the archives. And without further ado, here's my interview with Malachi Black. Now entering the squared circle pit, somebody that I've wanted to talk to for a really long time, somebody that kind of it just lives the vibe of this podcast, formerly known as Alistair Black, uh, currently Malachi Black, Tommy End. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time. It's been a busy week for you. <laughs> it's uh it's so busy that we're doing this interview from my car because i've been driving around all day picking up stuff meeting people and having conversations just like this one as well not that i do meetings specifically for my car i've been running a rampage uh actually since the day i got released it's just been uh a madhouse uh in a positive sense and uh now after aw's uh, big reveal and my debut uh it's only gotten crazier I get to do what I love again, and I get to do it in a sense where um, I get to do all this other stuff that I wanted to do at the same time as well. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been crazy, to say the least. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, when the news <clears throat> came out that you were released, obviously a lot of people were shocked. You had just debuted on SmackDown. But it feels like uh, you really turned it into a pot. Like, it's almost like the best thing that could have happened to you just based on how you've, like, turned things around completely. Like, you're the talk of the wrestling world now. Yeah, no, I uh, I feel awesome mentally, physically. I don't think I've ever been like, you know, because even prior to being released, uh, I sat home for seven months, so I did nothing but work out and like I had a nutritionist because I, you know, I got, I got really depressed and I let myself go a bit. Um, so when I got sent home initially, what was supposed to be two months, um, 
I was like, you know what? Let's come back. Let's come back stronger than ever. Let's, you know, focus, focus better. And let's get someone to hold you accountable. So I hired a nutritionist, which is the same nutritionist as uh, Pepper Park or uh, uh, people know him from, from, from AW, from the Butcher and the Blade. Um, I hired his nutritionist. He's a good friend of mine. So I just wanted to like, you know, come back in, in a good way. And uh, it turned out that all that work that I was doing has assisted me in this transition better than it would have had me do in, in the WWE. So it's been, it's been great. Like when, when, uh, when I first learned about my, uh, my closet not being 90 days and it being 30 days, I started writing a bunch of ideas. And as soon as I was able to, I contacted uh, Tony Khan and I said, look, this is the idea that I have. And, uh, you know, they were, they were, they were super receptive to all, all, all the stuff that I was thinking about. And, you know, there's not many times in wrestling anymore where you can genuinely make an impact and you can generally get to the point where no one knows um, that you're coming. Uh, there, there, was, there were about five, six people on the day of that were informed. I sat in a hotel room for the most part of the day uh, up until about, I'd say about half an hour before, uh, you know, we did what we did. And it was funny because as I'm walking to uh, through the locker room, there's a lot of faces going, wait, wait, what? <laughs> so it was, it was genuine, genuine excitement. And uh, yeah, man, I'm still running a high. It's funny because the, the, the trip from, uh, from Miami back to where I live is about three and a half hours. And I, I drove that like it was nothing. I had so much adrenaline in me. And then I came home about four in the morning and I couldn't go to sleep because I was still like, you know, pretty, pretty high on my, uh, on my adrenaline. And then like I, I went to bed and I woke up at six or seven and I was still going like, I was still like on that same adrenaline. I was like, God damn it. I got to get some sleep somehow. But you know, that's how much it meant to me. It was an accumulation of like months and months and months, maybe, maybe even a year of just frustration and, 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 and hard, like hard times. And, um, you know, it, it was finally coming out in those moments. So my body took full advantage of it. And, uh, it results in a, um, in a mental and physical high that I'm still on. So I feel great, man. Yeah. And also it was your first time in front of a crowd in, in like 18 months. So I'm sure, and that yep. you had the largest pop of the night easily. So I'm sure that must've <laughs> added to the adrenaline, just that shock of like, I haven't heard that kind of like, Oh, it's so it's in yeah, quite a while was, in pro um, wrestling. It was funny. Cause there were so many, um, uh, there were so many fan cams and like, I usually don't really check them that much, but I was like, no, I'm taking full advantage of this. Like usually I'm a very, like, put your head down and grind, you know, and, and you know, don't get sidetracked because work. I was like, no, I'm taking full advantage of this one. I'm going to enjoy this one. And I, um, um, I immediately, you know, got, you know, I got a sense in a bunch of DMS from people. I, I I'm still getting DMS right now for like hundreds of people just like talking about the debut. And I'm just glad that, you know, all of this accumulated into, you know, this, this one moment, because that's what wrestling's all about. And man, it was great, especially this day and age, man, this age of social media that you can still like find somehow, some way to, you know, surprise a crowd. And I think all the videos, all the DMs, all the, all, all the talk about it is a result of how well uh, that moment was planned. Yeah. And it's exciting just to kind of think about all the different uh, matchups and all the different like, 
scenarios that you could end up with, like your your this this character that you've created, and all the interesting, mm-hmm. unique characters in AEW that that you could work with, like even the possibility of just you working with Sting and like Darby Allen. Like I was just like, oh my god, that's going to be insane if that happens. You know? Yeah. So that's a possibility. Absolutely. Everything is <laughs> I, a possibility now, you know? Yeah. And like, so was AEW always your, like, uh, this is, this is going to be where I'm going to go. Was that like your, when you heard the news about the release, were you like, well, I think I'm going to go to AEW or what was your thought process? No, that was the immediate thought process. Mm-hmm. There was not, there was not out, you know, like, and I, I was sick of it. Like before everything went down, like, Loved my time in NXT. I felt I did nothing of importance on the main roster, or at least not much of importance, too much like bipolar 50-50 booking. You know, they would push me, they would, you know, pull me off TV. And like, honestly, that's that's the entire product right now. There's nothing really consistent. Everything changes week to week or is done to the point of like beating it to death. But as soon as I got released, it was funny because my wife cried. And I actually kind of started laughing because I just kind of went like, well, you just, you know, you just built me for like five, six weeks. You made me come back and now you pull me off TV. And I don't know, it, the whole thing, the whole thing to me just felt like I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't just take it serious anymore. And I was like at the edge of like my, like, this is just not worth it. Yeah, you know, this is just not worth it. And um, I felt like this huge relief and I kind of, st- I, I just started laughing <laughs> And um, I immediately knew then I, that that was the feeling of like just the freedom that I had and uh, not having to deal with it anymore. And, you know, I'm very thankful for like, you know, the things that I that, that I have done in WB. And I'm very thankful for the people I've met, the connections that I've made and, you know, the popularity that I gained because, you know, that goes hand in hand. I'm not going to sit here and like deny that they were not, you know, one of the biggest key factors in my, in my, in my rise in professional wrestling, because they were, you know what I mean? And, and, and more NXT than, than, you know, than anything else. But I just felt it was time to go. And I felt there were better things for me on the horizon. And I felt that for a while I want to, and I, I said this to my wife a couple of times, if for somehow, for some reason, this is not what they promised me it's going to be for the, for the, for the third, fourth time that I'm done. And I'm, 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 I'm going to look for different things. Cause it's, again, it's just not worth it. Every single time I have that, like that mental, that mental blow and the disappointment and that, you know, and this was my final attempt with them and they, they made the decision for me. And I just, I just don't feel bad about it. Like I'm very, very grateful for all the things that I've done and great people. Like I said, great connections. Like I said, I, I got a chance to like sit down with Vince a lot of times and have a, have a strong relationship with him and uh, same with Hunter. I'm very appreciative of all those things, but you know, sometimes things don't pan out and when it's time to go, it's time to go. Yeah, and you said something on the uh, Punk Rock NBA podcast. I listened to that interview. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I highly recommend my listeners check that out. About kind of working through, like dealing with pain to, to make yourself stronger. I'm probably butchering the quote, but it was something like you, you have to feel the pain to know that you, like, you, you could push through it and, and come out the other end. You, you, have to, you have to be able to push through all the hatred you gain for something that you love in order for you to like fully love and embrace um what it you know what what you what you what you're so passionate about sometimes passion can really turn against you and and you know circumstantial or like oversaturation it can really make you hate what you love and it goes hand in hand with passion people so people who are passionate about something you know they will they, they will understand it's like I, yeah I, i've sp- spoken to a lot of like professional athletes over the years because a lot of them i i'm very lucky to count as my friends but they go through the exact same thing like 
you know, I've spoken to Rico Ferruvo from Glory, and he, he, you know, he said the same thing. Like, I love it so much, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you just, you just, you know, you wake up and you're just like not feeling it. But it's about that decision to then go, I'm going to work even harder that day. That really makes you appreciate the love that you have for it. You know, it's, you can't just quit because it's a bad day. You can't just say no because it's a bad day. You can't just say no because right now it's not giving you the fulfillment that you, that you need. And like, you know, I've had periods of like where months and months where I, I would just, I was just not feeling it. I remember standing in front of curtains going like, why did, hmm, am I still doing this? And that is, um, I think that's the true spirit of being a professional is to push through that, that, that part of your career where, where maybe it's not going to be so great for you. So what you were saying, you know, I was actually on my way uh, to the beach. I, I swim in the morning and it was still like early enough in the summer where the water was a little cold. And I know it's like a poor analogy, but just like when I initially went into the water, it was cold, you know, and like my body almost was like reacting negatively to it. And your words kind of like really stuck with me. Like you have to fight through this. And like five, mm-hmm. 10 minutes later, you know, my body acclimated and the water feels great. And I thought mm-hmm. that was like, an analogy to what you were saying in like a professional sense like oh it's gonna suck yep. but if you just like fight through it and uh it really stuck with me <laughs> i think uh i think that's a perfect example of like putting that into into effect in a, in a in a different type of situation but it's still being effective like it doesn't have to be on on the highest of the highest levels for you to understand what i'm saying and yes that isn't that is a perfect example of it because again if you push through it eventually your body goes back into that oh okay you know, and that's, it's just all about adjustment, man. It's all about yeah. persevering and like sometimes just breathing in that moment where it's not comfortable, like you really sit in it and then you'll start figuring things out instead of like giving into the chaos, giving into the panic, giving into the, oh shit, the water is really cold, you know, just sit in it and just be in that deep water. You know, just, it's fine. It's it's yeah. going to get, it's going to be we'll okay. You know? Yeah. Human beings are so adaptable, man. Like, the, the 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 things that people can persevere through and you know overcome you know the boundaries of the mind in my opinion are endless and then like you know not just not not speaking for myself but what i've seen around me with my parents like you know um people losing losing loved ones and losing their kids and like being able to find themselves again in all that heart heartache i mean that's nothing short of like uh being a professional athlete like mentally you know what i mean so Human, human, uh, humans are, are very capable of persevering. They are. So, yeah, that's a perfect example, albeit a little bit on a lower level, but it's the same. Right, right. Same lower concept. stakes. Yeah. yeah, it's on the same concept. Absolutely. Well, let's take it back a little. So this is about the intersection between uh, metal and pro wrestling. And I, I was curious, which, which did you just, obviously you're passionate about both, which did you discover first? Which came to you first, heavy metal or pro wrestling? Pro wrestling. Yeah, I was like um, six, five, six-ish. I had my first um, interaction with wrestling with my dad on the couch. And he doesn't like wrestling. Um, I mean, he likes wrestling now, but back then it wasn't a thing for him. Uh, he just flicked through the channels and we had Eurosport in, uh, in Europe. It was just like little brief, brief like glimpse of something. And it just stuck with me, man. It just stuck with me. And then later on, my, uh, my brother had a, an audio tape because he had a friend who was really into Iron Maiden and he had this little like collective tape that he had and it was Iron Maiden. My brother was made it a point for me not to listen to it because uh, mom and dad didn't like it. So of course I listened to it. And I remember the first, um, the first song was 
bring your daughter to the slaughter by Iron Maiden and uh, running free. Those were the first two uh, alternative like metal songs that I've ever heard in my life. And uh, to this day, every once in a while, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put those on just to kind of like, you know, appreciate where it started. That's cool. Do you remember what the wrestling match you were watching was like that first earliest wrestling match? So I have a memory in my head, but I sometimes feel it's a false memory. Um, but it, it was definitely a pro wrestling. Um, I have I have an image of Yokozuna kicking money out of the hands of the million dollar man. But then I'm like, did that really happen, or did I mis did I confuse that? And was it something else that was similar? And later on in life, I planted the million dollar man and Yokozuna in the same place. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But um, that is the memory that I have. I'm sure that your listeners are going to either say, well, that never happened, <laughs> or uh, you're confusing it with something. But I was like. Like I said, four or five years old at the time of me, like of me seeing that, um, and then later on it was New Japan, and it was like people like 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 Joshin Liger, Yuji Nagata, and stuff. And then later on it was WCW. We had something that was called Match of the Week on a, a station called RTL Five, and WCW Match of the Week. And you know, like I, I got, an, I, I saw people like like Norman Smiley and uh, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko. I saw those guys. And, um, you know, and then I got more involved in the, in the European scene with like Johnny Saint and Johnny Kidd, Robbie Brookside, later on a little bit more like modern Doug Williams and stuff. And, you know, I just kind of grew from there, man. Like I was a big fan of the early SoCal wrestling scene, like uh, Revolution Pro with guys like Super Dragon, Excalibur and Quicksilver, uh, Tokre and like, you know, all these like, you know, uh, California luchadors and, you know, then, then, then you know, digging back more to like old school CMLL and AAA. And like, I just, I just love wrestling. Man. I was just such a big fan of like wrestling. It didn't matter where it came from. I wanted to watch it. Any glimpse of wrestling that I saw, I would tape it. Like I, I have at home, I have like tapes of like old documentaries that I'm flicking through the channels. And all of a sudden on this Belgian channel, I see this documentary of this like luchador and I'm like, well, I got to tape this. And it's only like eight minutes, but it's like a solid eight minutes of me you know, having fond memories of watching some random luchador from Mexico talking about his life and talking about masks and showing local wrestling shows. And man, it was, I was just hooked, man. And I still am. I still love wrestling. I still love watching wrestling. I was going to ask, did you get into New Japan before WWE? Was it yeah. like on in, yeah. in Netherlands? Yeah, it was on, it was on new, it was on Eurosport had, had New Japan wrestling. Yeah. New Japan pro wrestling. Cool. And so what was the music scene like in the Netherlands? Were there like local shows? Like, like, was there a scene? Like, so yeah, what was the yeah. vibe? Local, local, local metal, local hardcore, especially like in the cave in Amsterdam and, uh, uh, oof, um, what venues, you know, there were like little local venues as well that played shows, uh, Cancel, Dinia, uh, 21 Gun Salute, like, um, there were just like a, a ton of bands that like, you know, we, we would visit and, um, there were, there, you know, there, there was a big scene for local bands uh, where I grew up. That's cool. That's great. And I think that probably had a lot to do with like, I feel like growing up in the hardcore scene, at least here in New York, like a lot of my morals Just and ethics. Casually uh, dropping some casual names, hardcore scene in New York, you know, no big deal. You know, <laughs> I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm a total poser, so so I'm not trying to do that at all. But like, I'm saying, good, I, there, there, there's like a, a a code of ethics or like morals or sort of that kind of get ingrained in yeah. you. Uh, and, and I feel like, do you feel that kind of helped shape you yourself? Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely that feeling of like unity, definitely that feeling of like our own level of success, that DIY uh, culture and like having your own voice in a group, um, not having to do everything through the lens of a nine to five job and stuff like that, that, you know, that was something. And like, even before that, I think that's also why I flocked towards alternative stuff is uh, my childhood wasn't conventional. So my musical choices weren't conventional. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just never wanted to, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do versus like doing stuff because I needed to belong somewhere. I like, yeah, I, I never cared for any of that. I, uh, and I'm not trying to say that to be cool or anything. I mean, I'm 36. Um, there's no need for me to be cool anymore. I'm 36 and I'm married. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's for me, it's just like, I, I never felt, I never had that urge. I just liked the things that I liked and I did never one of them made feel like I was embarrassed of the stuff that I, I liked, you know? So I kind of always just did what I wanted to do. And uh, that's just kind of how it grew, man. Same with wrestling. Uh, you know, Dutch people are very sober minded. Pro wrestling is not a big thing in the Netherlands. It's kind of frowned upon. It's kind of laughed at because people think it's like, yo, that's that fake fighting stuff. You know, you, you, you know how it is, but again, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it more than anything. You know, I, I was obsessed with it from an early age and, uh, I always think that like the way my childhood was and uh, then uh, finding, finding solace in music, finding solace in like, like, like hardcore and like black metal, death metal, um, anything that resembled alternative scenes was something that I wanted to be involved with. And wrestling was an alternative scene. It was a subculture in the Netherlands. So I had to be involved. That's a, that's a very interesting point. I always kind of looked at that, similarly as well like wrestling was kind of like people reacted to me telling them i like you know normies reacted to me telling them i like metal the same way as as <laughs> if i were to tell them i like wrestling it was it was weird either way sure. sure um so i'm curious now so like when did you start uh getting into like more like uh legit quote-unquote metal like like getting into like the more bl black metals it was it just like a natural progression through your teens so we had a local, uh, we had a local uh, record shop. And uh, when I was 11 or 12, I bought Fear Factory's Demanufacture. That was the first album I ever bought because it was a channel called The Box in the Netherlands that played uh, Replica all the time. And I was just obsessed with that song. I loved it. So I wanted to have the album. So with my first earned money um, from doing chores around the house, I bought uh, Fear Factory's Demanufacture. So that was more like, I guess, like industrial type metal because they, you know, they use a lot of like samples and stuff. And then I went into the other record store and I bought New World Disorder by Biohazard and Damned in Black by Immortal. So I had like industrial metal, metal-ish, black metal, and more towards hardcore orientated metal with, you know, with Biohazard. So those are like the three main influence that I had growing up. So I, I, I don't really like, you know, I, I know that like when you're younger, you're more prone to like gatekeep stuff and you're like, you know, you want to feel legit because you're listening to these cool bands. But like, man, the last like what, 16, 17 years, I don't care about that. Like, so whatever is like quote legit, like, man, just enjoy what you enjoy, you know, and, and, and don't, don't, don't fuss about it. Um, but it, it just like those three albums along with like, listening to Iron Maiden from an early age on made me appreciative of so many different styles of music. I would never say that I'm strictly a 
you know, a guy who listens to black metal or a guy that listens to hardcore, a guy that listens to like metal or like strictly deathcore. I listen to literally everything. I've got a big tattoo of Ella Fitzgerald on my hand because somewhere down the line I started liking jazz music, specifically Ella Fitzgerald's like, like, like music a lot as well. So there's just so much good music, man. And uh, I wish that sometimes people would let that whole, oh, I can't be seen talking about this and that. I can't be talking about this and that music because people might not think I'm not, I'm, I'm not legit enough uh, to listen or to have an opinion on music. But man, you like what you like. Like you're into what you're into. Like you're not like, like you can, you can pretend that you're not, but at the end of the day, you're going to, you're going to listen to it anyway. Might as well just like feel comfortable with what you're listening. And uh, you know what I mean? So for yeah. me, it was just like those three albums were so pivotal for me to liking so many different styles of music. Uh, that's funny you say that because I, I always uh, joke when people tell me, oh, this band is a guilty pleasure for me. I'm like, you don't have to feel guilty about liking it. It's just a pleasure, <laughs> you know? So like, no one's I, gonna um, I, I tweeted that a while ago and I got a text from uh, Brody King. It's like, what do you mean guilty pleasure? I'm like, well, so that people can understand it. Don't, 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 don't get mad at me. I'm just, you know, that, <laughs> that way people understand what I'm saying. And, um, it, but, but it is true. Yeah. It shouldn't be a guilty pleasure. You just enjoy it. But I think maybe, maybe the, the, the better thing, a better thing to call it is basically, um, like left-wing music, just music that people won't see you, you know, enjoying, I guess would be the yeah. better terminology, but, um, it's too many characters on Twitter. I really don't like Twitter and it's too much typing. <laughs> have you uh, gotten your wife, Zelina Vega, Thea Trinidad? Have you gotten her into any any metal bands? Is she does she like the heavier so, stuff? She she but she already did before she met me. She's just not really vocal about it because mm -hmm. I think that for her, like her favorite like music will always be kind of like R and B mid mid two thousands like hip hop and stuff like that. Obviously, she's a big Aaliyah fan, but um, you know like like she she uh she she knew like you know she she listened to, to a little bit of like um alice in chains um you know a little like she, she was a godsmack a little bit and she listened to uh disturbed and you know um not necessarily like the heaviest of the heaviest bands but uh you know she was definitely like she was definitely not like unknown to it she has an aunt who's very much into like alternative music which to the point that actually kind of confused me because one day I, I walk i walk in and i see her aunt wearing a mayhem shirt and i'm like i didn't i didn't see that one coming you know what i mean and so this is this like uh this this lady from uh from queens from the you know from the little hood in, in in queens and she's wearing a mayhem shirt uh and i thought that was the coolest thing in the world so she definitely uh she was definitely on the receiving end growing up uh with various types of music from 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 death metal black metal to like grunge to more like new metal and stuff like that so she was definitely like she, it, it wasn't it wasn't completely new but you know, because I listened so much of it, it was definitely, you know, there, there were bands that she likes, there's bands that she doesn't like. I want to say that, like, one of the biggest things that she started liking was Ghost. She really likes Ghost. Um, I think, I think she started liking, uh, I think it, she likes Mayhem as well. Um, you know, she likes, she likes a little bit more of the, the, the common trope, uh, kind of like, and I even like, I want to, I don't want to call mayhem a common trope, but within the realms of like, you know, when you start diving into like black metal for the first time, that's probably one of the bands that pops up first. So, you know, in those tropes, uh, when I started listening, I, I, I let her listen to Watain. She kind of like, you know, she liked Watain. Um, so there's nothing that I, I listen that she's like, you know, against, but it's, 
other than the bands that I just mentioned, it's not something that I think that in her free time, when I'm not paying attention, she's listening. Cause like right now she's obsessed with Naruto. So I hear the Naruto uh, theme song about 17 times a day. And then she'll like sing along to it and bob along to it. And uh, yeah, no, she's very comfortable with her, uh, with her music. So yeah. I think also just growing up in New York, uh, like uh, with me personally, you're just exposed to so much music because everyone's so on top of each other. You can't help it. Like I recently made a Latin freestyle playlist just because I heard this one song I remember hearing as a kid and it just sparked all these memories. And it's like, that's cool, man. Like, yeah. Why not? Like, like, like yep. I, I'm totally with you on the not gatekeeping thing. Like there's so much great music in all different styles. There's no, there's no need to limit yourself to just listening to metal or just listening to pop or just yeah, to but whatever. the people, the people that gatekeep are the people that most likely do it because they feel embarrassed about something that they're listening to. It's like, um, mm-hmm. it's like projection. It's, it's, almost. It's, it's, yeah. It's projection. It's the word I was looking for. Sometimes, you know, sometimes my Dutch pops back up and I like I'm having <laughs> struggle finding words. Um, but yeah, you know, I, like I, I, I hope at one point that those people come to the realization that like, it doesn't, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. No one cares. No one really, really cares what music that you're listening to. Just have a, have a, you know, you can have a good discussion about music, but no one at the end of the day really cares. And one thing that, that's impressive is like, you keep up with the scene too. Uh, like what, yeah. where, like, what do you do? How do you stay active? Do you have like a circle of friends that you guys share music? Like who? who- yeah. So um, other than like, you know, a lot of my friends are in like different bands uh, from ranging from Gold Leader to Every Time I Die to God's Hate to uh, Twitching Tongues. Um, you know, like uh, the, the, the guys in my, in, my, in my clothing label, Black Mask Clothing, you can find that on Instagram, blackmask.com. Um, you know, they're also like former musicians and they are, um, you know, still involved in a music scene. So every once in a while, like one of my best friends, Pablo, you know, he'll send me, Hey man, I think you'll like this band. I'll listen to it. You know? And then like the good thing about, uh, Spotify, I love Spotify. It will recommend like 14 different bands in the same vein us. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go click and I'm going to go on a musical journey today. So I'll just discover a ton of new cool bands whilst, um, whilst listening to music. You know, so, you know, that's one way of, of, of me doing it. So asking yeah. recommendations, getting Spotify to recommend me. So, you know. Yeah, so the Spotify's accuracy is, is kind of crazy to me too. Just like how they, I've kind of been on an industrial kick and like all these like early 80s industrial bands it recommends to me that like, I guess are in the pantheon yeah. of industrial and it's like, wow, this is exactly what I want. So that, there you I, go, there you go. And it's cool to me that, like, I feel like with some wrestlers that I talk to, like, that are metalheads, it's like, oh, I just like what I like from, like, 20 years ago, but I'm not, I'm too old to, like, listen to anything <laughs> now. Uh, but I think it's cool oh, that you're yeah, like, no, no, I want to, I want to seek, uh, I want to seek out s- some new stuff. Were there's, was there anyone backstage in WWE that you would talk uh, metal with? Yeah, Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan is a big, big metalhead. Um, poof. Surprisingly, a lot of them are MVP. MVP is a big hardcore guy. And that's oh, something wow. a lot of people are like, oh, he's a big hardcore guy. So um, actually, I think he's starting up his own project. He goes, yeah, MVP is, is a big hardcore guy. Him and me used to talk a lot about like hardcore and stuff. Uh, Eric Rowan. Damien Priest. He's a big metal guy. Um, I would say anyone you basically expect to be a metal guy, other than MVP, uh, you know, like there has been many, many conversations in regards to like music because everybody loves music. Everybody does. And like, since you were like the like really hardcore guy, would, would people like approach you like, hey, what's the new thing? What's what's the new? Like- yeah, so, sometimes they would ask me, like, hey, you got any good new bands? And uh, 
I, I shall provide, you know, so, um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, every once in a while, or like I would recommend that, you know, I would recommend it myself because I knew that certain people were into like certain types of music and, uh, like I listen to so much. So uh, every once in a while, I'll, I'll shoot like so-and-so a text saying, Hey, check this band out. It's just, you know, spread the love. Yeah. It's such a great feeling to recommend a band to somebody that might not be as engaged in the scene and then coming back to you going like, wow, this is great. Like I'm, I'm obsessed now, you know, like I, I love doing yep. that yep. as well. Absolutely. So what are, what are some bands that you're, you're championing right now? Not to put you on, on the spot like that but like what what stuff that's Oof, like really impressing you i would have to like i would have to live on this on this on this i have to dive mm-hmm. into my spotify because on my way in sure uh here we go so um the the, the new almond raw album is uh is is in my opinion is crazy good uh i don't know if you've listened to it the the dorn the thorn i have not i, I will check it oh, out i've sure. been i have been blasting that album nonstop. like i have been blasting that album non-stop and the good thing about them is that they're from belgium so they speak dutch had a couple conversations with them really really cool guys um they actually uh funny enough because i was i was talking to them and uh he was he was telling me um he was actually a couple hours away from doing his first live performance with the band in like over eight months and they were playing with a band called Podhemus, which is a uh a belgian black metal band like an atmospheric black metal band so i immediately started listening to that too um so, you know, like, you know, it, it, it's just funny, like you listen to one band and then the band starts recommending, you oh, we're playing with these guys, they're opening for us. And it's just, you know, uh, so Pat Hamas, uh, or I guess you guys would say Wiegedot, which is another like Dutch uh, black metal band. Um, what else have I been listening to? And it's been just, stu- oh, there we go. Uh, you know, I always go back to like Behemoth. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Alice in Chains at the moment. Another band that Same. I really like is Gate Creeper. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was a great band. Uh, Gatekeeper and Based. Uh, Based is a, uh, I think they're from Denmark. Um, so they're a Danish death metal band. Uh, they're really, really cool. If you've not listened to them, um, let's see what I, what is my last few played songs? Uh, Cold World, Brutality Will Prevail, Twitching Tongues, uh, Get the Shot. So you know we're right. uh, we're we've been busy. Cruel I Hand, I see Cruel Hand as well. So I always Usually- go back to like. Yeah, usually people are like, oh, I've been listening to Typo and like, you know, like bands that, you know, again, not to gatekeep, but like, you know, everyone knows, you know, it's not necessary. So sure. it's great to hear. It's not, it's not, it's it's not a bad to, thing. Yeah. yeah, not at all. But like you mentioned, Alice yeah. in Chains, I've been going back to Alice in Chains in like the last year and I've always been a huge fan, but like now I consider myself a super fan. And even though they're a big band, I feel they're so underrated for what they did because like they created this so, amazing sound. Go ahead. So let me tell you something funny. I was never into Alice in Chains until uh, until last year, and I was like, I, I knew some of their songs, but I wasn't as involved with Alice in Chains as I think I could be. So um, I started listening to like a few songs, and all of a sudden the bug just hit me, and I just started like putting all their albums on, and I was like, man, this is like really, really, really fucking good. And um, so I kind of guess kind of like you. So I wouldn't say yeah. that I'm a super fan, though, but I definitely have a bigger appreciation for the uh, repertoire of music that they have created and presented over the last three decades. So, And I, f- I feel both you and I, we appreciate heaviness. And uh, sure. what, what I love about Alice in Chains is they like heavy to them. Does, it doesn't mean fast. Like they can have no, the slowest slow, riff. Methodical. 
Yeah. But it's so like huge yep. and heavy. And, yep. and that's kind of yep. what like really impressed me because like yep. for me personally with metal, you know, I, I run a metal site. So I'm always like, how can metal be bigger? How can more people get it? And I feel like there aren't those bands that are like breaking through to the mainstream as much like as, as 20 years ago where a pop fan might be recruited and, and and find it and like listening to bands like Alice in Chains or old Ozzy Osbourne I'm always like this is what what metal needs right now it needs this sound where it's heavy but like still kind of accessible to somebody that doesn't have the trained ear to listen to a black metal band or a death metal band kind of thing yeah and I also think that the uh the common trope in alternative music right now, I, I wouldn't even necessarily say it's guitar music. I'd say you see a lot of these like SoundCloud kids um, that have completely like modeled themselves after like Malcor emo kids and they revitalized that and they basically took it upon themselves to create this like alternative sound. Like, you know, like, 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 uh, and I, and, and, and to putting it in those labels and then say Ghost Main might be a little bit like, undercutting it but Ghostman is a good representation of what these kids have done with the sound and still presenting an alternative um uh presentation yeah. while using like hip-hop influences or rapping over stuff or talking over stuff and i love that man i think that like music should always evolve and new things will always come and go and you know new trends will come in and new genres will be created by meshing different genres together and i think it's cool man i really really dig all these like kids that are just like out there making good cool music and getting your expressions out and like feeling better about life because they're able to kind of have this platform now to you know make it themselves i think and i said this on the punk rock nba podcast as well now is like the biggest time where the DIY spirit really has come to fruition because it's almost like the same thing again. It's just a bunch of hurt, angry kids having the tools to create their own music. And this is what they come out, what they come out with. And I, I fully support it. You know, I think it's great. And just, just because it's not necessarily metal doesn't make it like, doesn't mean that the spirit of it is not like that of like hardcore band or a metal band. It's just not the same sound, but the attitude is the same. You know I mean? It's, 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 I want to do this my way. And I know people are not going to agree with it, um, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I fucking love that, man. I, I, I praise all those kids that do that stuff. You have, you have my full support. <laughs> well before we wrap up i did want to talk about your clothing line black mass uh yeah, i think it's i think it's very very cool and uh it's like you kind of have you've kind of built this brand about yourself almost of like uh of, of like this lifestyle that you have of yeah. you know uh the the darkness and, and all that and i love that you've transferred into, into this clothing line uh and i know it, it happened like very organically and it's just like it's it seems like it's just another avenue to to explore your create explore your creativity would that be fair to say sure yeah yeah absolutely and so and i'm curious now like did it kind of just start as as something like the you and your friends just like see how it goes and then you're slowly kind of building it out or did you always have like a master plan for it no i think when, when it comes to stuff like that i didn't want to have a master plan uh bobby shabinsky uh one of my one of my closest friends and business partners contacted me about three, four years ago. And he said like, Hey man, um, I dig everything you do. Um, I, I, I own black, I, I own black rough cult. Uh, would you want to do like a combination shirt with us? I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. And then like, we started talking and then, you know, one shirt turned into two shirts and then into three shirts. And then we were like, Hey, you want to do a collection? I'm like, fuck yeah, we'll do a collection. Then he was like, Hey, maybe we should give it a name. And I was like, Oh, that's funny. Cause I just 
made a company um, because I want to make a company because who knows what I want to do in the future. So I made a company and we called it Black Mass LLC. And like one of the one of the sprouts of that became Black Mass Clothing. And, um, you know, it kind of took a life on its own where we have multiple drops and I had to hire multiple designers and it's all close friends of mine. And I just hired hired uh, uh, Kyle from Scarborough Tattoo, who you might know from a lot of the artwork that uh, Bray Wyatt uses. And I've used a lot of his artwork, too. I just hired him. He's the newest part of our uh, of our Black Mass family. But the cool thing about Black Mass is that I'm not against anything Um I, I, I kind of always had this vision of like creating a clothing label with stuff that I think is cool. You don't have to necessarily think it's cool. I don't care if you don't, because, you know, the, the, it's not the hill that I'm dying. I'm not trying to please people with my, with, with what I'm doing. I just want to bring out stuff that I think is funny. Uh, I would wear myself um, is sometimes within the lines of what I see. And I think is cool within the actuality of like, and I wouldn't want to call it fashion, but more like, you know, I'll see like a product and I'm like, oh, I think I want that product too in my clothing line. Just I got to find a way to mold it into a black mass orientated item. And it's the majority of the stuff is just all stuff that I think from my childhood, which is the occult, like tattooing culture, skateboarding culture, uh, black metal hardcore, um, you know, alternative stuff, uh, artwork. And I just wanted to put that stuff on shirts. And I've got like, I've got, I'm very lucky to have like, you know, for really cool dudes that feel the same, but also bring in their own creative version and basically say like, hey, what if we try this? And I'm like, yeah, fuck it, let's try it. You know what I mean? And like, maybe it's cool. I just, the one thing that I have to sign off on is I have to look at an item and go, yeah, I, I would wear that. And sometimes like this, like we're doing these uh, bright, like neon pink uh, uh, swim trunks that are coming out with like black, black logos on them. And they're so, they're so like, weird but i looked at them i was like yeah i would definitely wear that to the pool because it's so fucking ridiculous and i and they're coming out pretty soon so that's pretty cool pink you know, is a pretty and, metal uh, color i feel like pink needs it, to be more is it <laughs> <laughs> needs to explore it's not what i would associate quick but it's at the same time it's just a um it's so not metal just, that it comes back around yeah, yeah I, I guess I, I guess that's what it is it's kind of like counter counter uh uh productive almost for like metal but Man, it's and, and like the thing is like it's it's not because it's metal. It's just because it's, you know, like I, I like again we're we're not doing things to please people. We're doing things because we want to do them. Uh, yeah. There's no there's no like directional labels attached other than like hey you like this cool okay buy you don't like it right then don't buy. No, it's uh, um, you want to be a part of it. You don't want to be part of it. It's it's it, it's good either way. And a lot of people want to because we've been doing really 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 well. We're branching out. Like right now we're. Uh, um, you know, we went to Rock World merch. We broke away from Black Craft Cult, still being intertwined with them because, you know, we started with them. Uh, I still have good ties with them. We're actually thinking about doing a, a new type of collaboration between Black Craft Cult and Black Mass. Uh, like I said, we distribution is not handled by uh, Rock World merch, who does like Disney events sevenfold, Metallica, like not the smallest names in the, in the world. And, uh, um, you know, we're, we're, we're talking to uh, Zoomies, we're talking to Hot Topic, uh, we're doing collaborations with Paul Booth, Cult Leader, uh, there's a Halloween edition coming with the boys from Blackville Tattoo, um, there's just a lot of really cool stuff happening, um, the collaborations with like Justin Wang, the YouTuber, who is an awesome dude, he's a, you know, if you've never watched any of his content, I think you'd be really, really interested in his content, he does a lot of like the throwback remember that one time on the internet kind of stuff and he dissects it. it's really funny 
um, you know, we've done we've done stuff with integrity and stuff, and we're we're gonna circle back around because I want to do more with integrity, and like that's just cool that I can do stuff with bands that I listened to since you know forever, and now get to call to my friends and say, hey, let's do this cool ass collaboration, and bring out some merch, and you know, and we'll, we'll we'll see where it takes us, and it's only growing bigger and bigger and i don't know why but i guess we're doing something right so yeah it sounds like there's still plenty of possibilities so that's that's really cool yep. one last question yep. you mentioned the occult yep. and I, this is something i've always been very curious about would you consider yourself an atheist or or do you have like like yep. what's your spiritual okay so you're an atheist atheist yeah yeah i like so so but i'm uh, like how do i explain this i'm an atheist but i'm not a, i'm not one of those dudes that sits proactively and puts down religion I'm just like, it's, just, it's, it's, I have my own reasons to be what I, what I am in terms of like that mindset, but I am not going to actively tell people how wrong I think they am. I just don't have the energy for that. I don't want to do that. Um, it's like with music, uh, friends, the no gatekeeping rule. <laughs> same same principle, same principle <laughs> for me. Um, I, I let everybody live out their lives in their own worth. And I'm a big believer of, um, you know, you put out, you get back what you put out in one way or the other. I'm like, my, 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 my belief is that you cannot be a, an asshole for the rest of your life and live consequence free. So um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like, you know, like one, one of my closest friends in wrestling is Ali, who was a very devout Muslim, love the guy, but his religion says nothing about him as a person other than him being very devoted to his religion, which tells me he's a great guy because he, he can actively be devoted to something and he feels good about that. So more power to him. I'm not going to say here and tell him like, well, I think it doesn't matter what I think. Yeah. And, 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 and he's, he's at the same time, he's not the person that says, well, Tom, you should, because, you know, I let people believe what they want to believe. And I have no gripes or beasts with people that do have religion. I have found peace in that. If you have found peace in your religion, then I, I more power to you. It's just not for me. I think that's yeah. that's the way to go. I feel the same way. So I'm with yeah. you. Awesome. Well, Everybody's this is different, a, man. Yeah. yeah, this has been a very enlightening conversation. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me. It's been no a problem, long time coming for me. And hopefully, uh, we'll catch up uh, soon. And I, I can't wait to keep seeing you on AEW Wednesday nights. Watch us every Wednesday, man, on TNT. <laughs> and are you just Tommy End on all social media? I'll link it in the description. All your, all your. Yeah, for now, I for now I am. Uh, there's still like some some technical stuff we're going through, and for now you can just find me at Tommy End. You can find me on uh, Twitch under my under my wife's name, Thea Trinidad. So twitch.tv slash Thea Trinidad, where we talk wrestling, we talk music, we talk about the occult, we do a lot of fun stuff. You can also find uh, Twitch. Uh, sorry, Black Mass on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash blackmass underscore official. And you can find me on Instagram with Black Mass Clothing or at Tommy End and Twitter as well, at Tommy End for now. So, you know, plenty of reasons to come and hang out, give a follow, shoot me DM and, uh, you know, like, comment and have some fun. Awesome. Uh, Tommy End, Malachi Black on the Squared Circle Pit. Really, really fun interview with Tommy End there. And I feel like I got to talk to him for another hour. But I felt bad he was in his car. Probably should have let him go. Uh, and what a debut he made. And even last night on uh, Dynamite, I'm recording this the day after his second appearance on Dynamite. I loved it. I loved how he's wearing the all-black suit. Cody came out in the all-white suit. It's just pure good versus evil. And I just love that the crowds are back. It makes the show completely different to hear the crowd reaction, to hear these new stars that you haven't seen perform in front of a crowd get big pops. 
And in general, I'm very, very impressed with how AEW is keeping it together. They're just hitting on all cylinders right now. The program with Kenny Omega and Adam Page is so great. I'm so into it. It's one of the best storylines in a really, really long time, in my opinion. And that's just one of the, I feel like all of their angles are really, really good. Most of their wrestlers are over. It feels like the most over people are AEW originals like MJF, Sammy Guevara, Hangman, Ricky Starks was really over last night in Austin. So AEW's really got it going on right now. They're really on a good run, and it seems like they're really about to take off with the fans back, with all these big shows in September that they have in New New York, Newark, and of course in Chicago with the big all-out pay-per-view. So it's a really, really great time to be a AEW fan. And on the WWE front, I'd say it's a pretty good time to be a WWE fan as well, because finally, finally, the fans will be back. Uh, I'm recording this the day before the first SmackDown in front of a live audience, and I have a feeling that the crowd is going to be really, really hot to see wrestlers, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing how they react. It's been the first time, uh, other than WrestleMania, first time in quite a while uh, for fans in the WWE universe. And of course, they have the big pay-per-view this weekend, Money in the Bank, and it looks like a great card. I think they've really, really stacked it up with some interesting matches. And of course, the Money in the Bank always delivers. There's going to be a men's and a women's one. So it'll be interesting to see. It's going to be a great weekend for pro wrestling. Let's go through the Money in the Bank card. Uh, in the men's Money in the Bank, officially announced are Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Matt Riddle, Ricochet, Johnny Drip Drip, <laughs> Big E, Shinsuke, and, or should I say Kinsuke, Kingsuke, <laughs> and Seth Rollins. Now, my initial thought is that I think Drew is going to win. He's the biggest star in the match. And and it would be an interesting storyline because he, you know, based on the stipulation of the last pay-per-view, he cannot challenge Bobby Lashley anymore for the world title. So he has one year to cash in. And if Bobby Lashley is the champion for the entire year, it's almost like it invalidates his money in the bank. He could always go to SmackDown, challenge Roman Reigns, but then he would lose that too because I feel like they're not uh, they're not going to let Roman lose the title until at least WrestleMania. I feel it looks like they're it really feels like they're setting up a match with The Rock down the line, and they're trying to make Roman look as strong as possible in every way. And I've really been enjoying the Roman Reigns character, easily the best character in WWE right now in terms of storyline and just interesting week-to-week progressions. Although, to be fair, the storyline has kind of slowed down a bit in the last few weeks uh, with Jimmy and Jay. Uh, but still, it's a great story, and I don't think they're they're ready to, to you know, let loose on that yet. So Drew seems like the heavy favorite, but I'm going to say Big E is going to win it. I could see an outside chance of Big E doing it. Right now, there's the Kofi and Lashley storyline, and Lashley has been feuding with uh, New Day. So what if Big E wins the money in the bank and Big E moves over to Raw and he challenges Lashley and they continue that program? I think that would be kind of cool. That's kind of who I'm thinking. For the women's money in the bank, there's Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash. Liv Morgan, Natalia, Naomi, Asuka, and Selena Vega, and one mystery uh, combatant. Now, I don't have any insider information. I have seen rumors that Becky Lynch is ready to return, and crowds are back. They want to have a big 
return. Like it's like a big reset almost now that crowds are back. So I have a feeling that Becky Lynch is going to be the mystery person in this match and she's going to win it. That's my opinion. Now, would she face Bianca Belair? Would she face Rhea Ripley? That I don't know. I, I would think probably Bianca Belair. I would think she would be on SmackDown just because Seth Rollins is on SmackDown. They have a kid. You know, they, they're they going to want to be on the same brand. So I think it's going to be Becky Lynch. That's my, that's my call for that match. Roman Reigns versus Edge. Again, it's probably going to be an awesome match, but Roman Reigns is going to win it, no doubt about it. Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston, same thing. It's going to be a wonderful match. Both these guys can go. They've, I've enjoyed the program, but I think it's going to be Bobby Lashley. I can't see Kofi winning the title now, although I feel like Kofi has been doing some of his best work in a really long time. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. The match will be good, but I can't say I've been interested in the in the booking, in the storyline here. So I'm kind of on the fence here. I could see Charlotte winning it, but I feel it's too early for Rhea Ripley to lose. And finally, we have the Viking Raiders versus AJ Styles and Omos. And I just don't see Omos losing. I don't really see AJ Styles losing. So uh, there we go. Uh, it's going to be AJ and Omos. So that's Money in the Bank. It's this Sunday. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's a very, very unique time. And after this, it's the full push to SummerSlam, which seems like the true WrestleMania this year. Obviously, WrestleMania was the WrestleMania this year. But because, you know, it was a soft relaunch, they did have cr crowds, but not as big a crowd. I feel because they have a much larger crowd, they're planning for WrestleMania, uh, for SummerSlam, I should say, that it's going to be a really, really big show. So I'm curious to see where WWE is headed there's no more delaying. There's no more holding back. Crowds are back. It's time for wrestling to take it up a notch. So I'm really excited. And I'm happy that you uh, are still hanging out with me here on Squared Circle Pit. Maybe try to do this a little more regularly. It's, it's hard to get in the, the flow of it, to be honest with you, just because of all my other duties with metal injection. But this is my favorite thing to do. So I'm, I'm really going to try stay on top of it, book more guests. Let me know who in the metal world. I haven't had a, a metal musician on in a while. I want to have a metal musician here. So uh, let me know who you want to hear. Hit me up at Rob Injection on social media. Follow Squared Circle Pit on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, let me know. And until then... See you in the pit.